Principal Matters Podcast, episode 366. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas. This week, we're going to talk about navigating the leadership drift with my special guest, Kale Burke. Kale Burke is a former teacher, high school principal, and district head of innovation for British Columbia, Canada. In 2015, one of his schools was named one of the first model PLC schools in Canada. Feeling like he was only scratching the surface with collaboration, Kale wrote the book, PLC 2.0, Collaborating for Observable Impact in Today's Schools, Helping Leaders and Teachers Go Deep Through the Observable Impact Model, used now by schools around the world. After working with schools and leaders at all levels of the system, Kale began work on his newest book, Navigating Leadership Drift, with co-author Dr. Michael McDowell. Navigating Leadership Drift is about giving leaders the tools to build leadership efficacy so we can hang on to the leaders in our school at every level. You can find more about Kale at his website, which I'll give you that information for here in just a little bit. But Kale Burke, my friend, welcome to Principal Matters Podcast. Why don't you fill the gaps in on that intro and tell listeners something else they may be surprised to know about you. Oh, thanks uh, so much for having me today, Will. It's always a, a pleasure to talk both on and off the air. And uh, so I always feel pretty, pretty lucky to be here. Gosh, I've, that bio is too long. I can't believe you made it through that, my friend. I, I don't know what else I can add. I, I think in many ways, um, I think the the thing that people might be surprised to know is that I'm like from a small, tiny town from super humble and I'm being very polite when I say that beginnings. And, and I think the, the thing that's most striking about the, the work that, that both you and I get to do is, is you truly get to learn from people. And I think the, the thing that I've found is, is conversations that I've had with, with so many individuals like you, they, they see them as ordinary and, and, and we see them as extraordinary in terms of the learning that we do, the, the different things that, that people are, are trying to, to do and implement in their schools and in their systems. So I think that's uh, something that, that people may be surprised at is literally I'm on the edge of my seat with almost every conversation that I get to be a part of. And this is why this is such a struggle for me, because I'd, I'd rather talk about Will than talk about Kale, but we'll do our best going through this. Well, I want listeners to just be able to gain insights from you, Kale, that I've been able to gain from you. And so thank you for your generosity in the ways that you connected with me and also for disconnecting with listeners today. But I'm just going to say that you've, you're an expert when it comes to focusing on the observable impacts of learning in schools. And now you're applying that in a conversation about leadership. So I, let's talk about this newest book of yours, Navigating Leadership Drift. How, did, how have you married the work you've been doing with observable impact with the concerns and the lessons that you bring to life in this new book? Yeah, it's, it's such a great question. And I think, you know, when I think about um, PLC 2.0, the, the premise behind this was that um, a lot of people, you know, collaborate, they get together, they, they try things, they do things. And there's so many different initiatives that are going on and, and teachers are, are tired in their classrooms and, and everyone, you know, is sort of spinning like a top. The question becomes, you know, 
what's the impact of all this work that we're doing. And I, you know, a fellow Canadian, uh, Jenny Donna, who is the, to me, the global thought leader on, on collective teacher efficacy. And, and so when we started writing PLC 2.0, we actually fired all of our work over to Jenny and, and said, what do you think about this through the lens of efficacy? Certainly we had seen, um, growth and efficacy when we had applied the model, but we thought let's, let's give it to the, the sort of world thought leader on this. And, and she, you know, very graciously has endorsed and continues to this day to endorse this model as a way to, to teach your efficacy. But, but it sort of struck me that we talk a lot about collective teacher efficacy, but what's the efficacy of our leaders that are out there who are, you know, act as that, that sort of, middle person between uh, the, the public, the, the school board off, the district office, they, they have to take all the initiatives and, and try and crystallize them in such a way and, and make them, you know, put a little salt and pepper on them so they seem somewhat appealing to their staff. And, and I started to think a lot about what's the efficacy of our leaders today? And that was the opening line of the book is we're losing leaders. And, and you know what, I, I'm seeing this even in uh, the last couple of weeks, I've been, been out on the road and, and I've, I've seen people out there. It's funny, September, isn't it? Isn't it funny? Well, August, September, everybody's got smiling and, and we've got all this energy. I think this is like a November book uh, because in this book, it's really about once we get past the enthusiasm, how do we really start to hang on to our leaders who in many ways are almost like a, a pinata or punching bag, or, or even, a, you know, the analogy I always use is a, the hockey referee, uh, the 14 year old who's getting yelled at by the home team and yelled at by the away team and yelled at by the parents in the crowd. And finally, they just say, I don't want to be yelled at anymore. You guys play your own game. And, and that's what I don't want to have happen to the leaders in our system. So by marrying this concept of what's the observable impact of our collaborative teams, to the idea that we also need to be very crystal clear and make it easy for leaders to marry their observable impact to their work. I think we can build efficacy in our leaders and hang on to the leaders. And that's really the premise of the book. Okay. So let's talk about how that might look, Kale, because I know that you um, value so much ideas that become action oriented. And one of the things that you, and you can take this whatever direction you want to, but I'll give you an example in the book, you talk about leading from the middle. And could you give some examples of, of how that can be helpful in leadership? Well, I, I think, you know, leading from the middle is difficult because we tend to drift. And, and in the book, we, we really talk about a couple of gaps and there's, there's two main gaps that we, we really, and, and Michael, if you've never worked with, with Michael McDowell, he, uh, boy, you better have some bat speed when you step up to the plate with Michael, because he's one of the brightest, wittiest, and he can zip it by you. But in, in, in talking through these ideas, there's these, these two gaps that we really think about. And, and one is called the, the tragic gap. And that's really the gap between the reality that we're in the current reality and, and the possible future. And sometimes as leaders, we can drift. We can drift into cynicism um, and get stuck in that current reality and 
characterizing our staff as things like resistors and, you know, pioneers and settlers, whatever we call them, the good, bad, the ugly. And that's drifting into that cynical side, but we can also be a little bit too ideal sometimes. And Michael Fullan talks about sometimes we have too much of a moral imperative, so much so that, that we can alienate people at the same time, you know, and, you know, all of our teachers are, are going to be yielding this much growth and this much time. And all of our kids are going to be reading by, by age six. And we end up alienating people in, in that sense. So, so we can drift sometimes there. We can also drift when it comes to what we would call the improvement gap. And this is the one really to me that, that really sticks with me is that's that knowing doing gap. And sometimes um, we, we get into this idea that, the more action we do, and this is what we do, I think, as leaders, is we start to think about um, the more that we engage in action, that we're going to build more knowledge. And the truth is, is that action does not really equal impact. So what Michael and I talk about in the book is that we actually have to embrace those gaps and sit in them. And you have to sit in the middle of the knowing doing gap. You have to sit in the middle of that current reality and the possible future. And the way that you do that in many ways is becoming focused on conversion. And I think when it comes to conversions, it really boils down to um, a, a simple phrase, which is great. So what did we learn? And there's three conversions that we kind of talk about in, in the book. And the first one is really about converting what we do into knowledge. And that, that's really about interrogating our current practice. This is difficult, Will. This is, the, this is, to me, one of the hardest things that we can do because teaching and leading are actually quite private practices in many ways. And when we actually start to confront and interrogate the practices in our classrooms that are leading to what's happening with our students, that can become very difficult. But that's one of the things that, that we need to do is make sure that we're constantly interrogating our current practices. But then once we interrogate those current practices, we actually have to take that knowledge and, and convert that into action. And one of the things I think leaders also need to do is we talk about differentiating for students. I think for leaders, we also have to think about differentiating for the adults in the building. In other words, lowering the threshold for people to cross for action. And then the final conversion that we need to do is once we've taken that action, we need to design, implement, observe, and document, D-I-O-D, -I, I call it. And the reason that we talk about that is, is that documentation is that dopamine hit that keeps us going, but it also lays that nice foundation for us to look back at. And I always use the Chip and Joanna Gaines analogy that at the end of the Fixer Upper show that's so popular on TV, we want to see, we want to look back at what the house used to look like and the progress that we've made. And by, as a leader, by asking our folks to be able to document their learning as we've gone along, in fact, we can create that efficacy by converting um, what we did back into what we know so that we can actually see the impact. So that's kind of a, the, the book in a nutshell in terms of, of sort of the, the major things that we can do and really leading from the middle as leaders. So I want to sit there for just a moment and think about that, as you call it, the, the tragic gap and help me make sure that I'm understanding because, and I really like how you outline that as the first example on the one, because I, I see it as a continuum. 
on the one extreme, you have irrelevant idealism where you set I you set aspirations that are so lofty and high, but perhaps without any um, real steps towards outcomes that folks just see that as empty optimism. And then on the other end, you've got corrosive cynicism, which is I just operate from a position of, of nothing's going to change. So why should I try anything new? And your call is that a leader has to stand in the middle of those two competing tensions and decide how do I respond to these yeah. in a way that actually leads to positive, real action and growth. Am, am I, am I understanding that correctly? You are. And the way that we can do that is really, we have to start to paint a picture together um, that, that, that really helps us with clarity. Mm-hmm. So, so the piece that when a leader is living in the middle of the tragic gap, yes, we do have to think about the future. And yes, we do have to think about our reality, but we have to think about it, I think, in a very granular way. And I think what we try and do is encourage leaders to come with that clarity. And that clarity really becomes um, co-creating a vision of what success actually looks like. But it's not just the ethereal lofty vision written in language that no one understands. For any of us educators out there that have civilians that are that our spouses or, or friends, they all look at us and wonder what we're even talking about with some of the words. We actually have to create an observable vision of what success looks like, but it's we do it in a very specific way. We do it in a way where we try and actually observe if we are being successful in X, which could be resilience, literacy, student engagement, what would we actually see students doing and demonstrating in the class? So for example, if we were focused in, you know, kids these days, they're, they're not engaged. Well, you know, if we were in that sort of irrelevant idealism, we would say, well, you know what, our goal is that every student will be engaged 100% of the time in all of our classes. Well, you know, as staff members, Will, you and I'd be at the back going, well, that's not, that's never going to happen. The other side of it is, is we, we would be, well, it is, it is what it is. And we're just going to battle through this. And these are the, the best kids we've got. And, and we're going to sort of soldier on and, and, you know, you teachers just need to engage. Well, neither of those are very productive. What we want to do is we want to actually sit with the people that we're working with and think about if students were engaged, what would we see them doing in classes? And we want to think, you know, they might be, you know, they're able to start and complete the tasks in their classes. They're able to tell us what they're doing why they're doing it and why it's important. They're able to connect what they're learning to something that is important in their lives. Whatever those things are, that's step one. But step two is, is then working with our educators to say, if that's what we want to happen at a higher frequency with our students, what are the adult inputs? In other words, the adult observables, the educator observables that are gonna make that happen at a higher frequency. And what are the tasks, activities, and assessments that are going to allow our students to demonstrate engagement? This is really the instructional core, but it's breaking it out and granularizing it in such a way that we can start to break down student engagement, which is a giant boulder, down into not even a pebble, but actually down to grain size in terms of this is one aspect of student engagement that we're going to work on. If everyone is working on different aspects of student engagement and we make sure, and this is that last conversion of converting what we do into what we know and have people sharing some of those strategies, then we're not working on engagement in 
totality, we're, we're breaking it up into small bite-sized chunks that we can actually move forward. And that's the way to me that a leader can really live in the middle of that tragic gap between the possible future and our current reality. Support for Principal Matters comes from DigiCoach and its walk-through tool. When Kathleen Beckham was a district director, she would walk through classrooms and see teachers engaging students in learning or observe elements missing in their instruction. And her biggest challenge was finding the time to give those teachers meaningful and helpful feedback that they would value as coaching and not correction. In the past, Kathleen spent hours in follow-up email exchanges after informal walkthroughs. But that all changed when she discovered DigiCoach. She now has a tool that can help her send immediate feedback from her phone or her tablet. DigiCoach is a fully customizable tool created by school leaders for school leaders to not only collect walkthrough data, but also ensure every teacher receives ongoing support, feedback, and coaching. It features thousands of pre-written research-based commendations and coaching tips that can be included along with your own observation comments and a follow-up email ensuring all teachers receive effective and timely support. Are you ready to make the most of your walkthroughs with a tool that saves you time and enhances meaningful feedback to your teachers? Go to digicoach.com to learn more and please tell them Principal Matters recommended you check them out. That's digicoach.com. Support for Principal Matters comes from Aptigee. More than 3,500 school districts have switched to Aptigee since 2016 for one reason. Aptigee powers the identity of your school. We all know that communication is important, but what are you communicating? If it's just information, you're missing an opportunity to build a school brand around your strengths and values. What I love about Aptigee is how they think and talk about communication as a critical component of building your brand that engages your entire school community. With the Thrill Share platform, Aptigee brings everything you need for school marketing and communications together into a single mobile app. Write a story once and send it across your school website and mobile app, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, text messages, and voice calls. By making it easy to share stories about your strengths, you can control the conversation around your brand. Learn more about Aptigee at Aptigee.com and tell them that Principal Matters sent you. Okay, so I want to apply this as practically as I can. And the best example that's coming to my mind is one that we actually just talked about off the air. So I, I, with your permission, Kale, I'd like to ask you to speak to this. And this is going to be hard to do because this is audio. And I know you're a very visual, uh, you give really great visual examples through templates and things like that too. But you and I were just talking earlier about how do we know if the professional learning that we're providing to teachers or staff is actually making an impact in student outcomes, et cetera. And, and so let's just use that as an example for a second. What questions should leaders who are standing in the middle of these tensions mm -hmm. be asking so that they have a clear understanding of what they're getting out of their professional learning? I think, uh, so the first framing that I would think about as a leader is before we start with any professional learning, 
what's the problem that we're trying to solve in the classroom? That's the first thing that needs to happen is clarifying with our educators, with people that are going to be implementing solutions, what's the real challenge here? And in, in many ways, this probably sounds a little bit like cognitive coaching, but, but truthfully it is in some ways, is if we just say that, you know, kids these days aren't blank, um, we want to break that down into such a way, and this is what I was talking about, clarity. So we might say, again, that, that, that kids aren't, our kids just aren't creative these days. Okay, so that's the problem that you're having in your classroom, or maybe it's your team who's going to be getting some professional learning on it. Before we start to move forward on what that professional learning should look like, let's actually define what a creative student looks like in our classrooms. You know, they might be, uh, we might define this as um, students would be able to come up with multiple um, solutions to a problem. Um, let's just use that as an example. So if our students aren't doing this at a higher frequency, the next thing that we have to do is then look at, so what are we doing as educators that's leading to what we're seeing in the classroom? And having teachers talk through, these are some of the current tasks, activities, and assessments and approaches that we are currently using. And what this does, Will, to me, is if we have a vision for creativity and what we want from our students, and we're not actually seeing that creativity like we would have hoped, when we can start to ground that in our instructional challenge, which is not our kids are not creative, but we struggle with getting our students to be creative in our classrooms, now we've reframed the, 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 the learning that we need to do, not for students, but for adults. That starts to drive professional learning. And once we've named that, you know what, our strengths in teaching creativity are this and this, because this is what we are seeing in our students, but our challenges ugh, are really this and this, because we aren't seeing this in our students, then we can actually start to look at professional learning through a different lens and say, you know what, as teachers, we struggle with this and this and creativity. Now let's go look for specific descriptive professional learning that's going to address those two points for us. And our evidence that that professional learning is successful as a leader is are we seeing not only our students demonstrate more creativity, but we're seeing our teachers be able to demonstrate those things that lead to that creativity and connect their actions to impact. So by having a clear definition of what we would see from students and from adults, and then using that vision to assess where we're at to differentiate the learning for adults, I think leaders can get a really clear picture and co-develop that picture with their teachers of what effective professional learning looks like in action and leads to in the classroom. Thanks for that. Um, my next question is, and, and you've spoken to this already, but I want to give you an opportunity to, to speak to it directly. How, how can leaders better support their teams for making observable impact? So they leaders may in what when i talk about teams that could be in any kind of setting you and i um a lot of schools we work with use plcs some yep. don't but um but but i believe in any setting um leaders can better support their teacher teams for making observable impact talk about that for a moment yeah i, I think again sort of step one to me is creating the observable vision for success and, and, that, and I don't mean that in that ethereal, actually it's super specific because the observable piece is key. 
it's moving us from a point of what we are maybe currently seeing in our students and almost creatively inverting that in our brains to say, if this is what we don't want to see in our students, then the opposite using that sort of Seinfeldian logic would be what we do want to see in our students, but being really clear with our teams that this is what proficiency looks like. The next step though, is tying that proficiency to what educators need to do to make that happen at a higher frequency. And by co-creating that vision of what it is that we want to see from our students, ourselves, and our tasks as a team, what it does, it gives us a lens to examine the reality of our classrooms. So step one is creating the vision. Step two is using the vision. And this is one of the big mistakes that I see with vision statements is people make vision statements, but then they don't use them to assess the reality of where they are in their schools. And a lot of our vision statements are highly aspirational by making them more observable, but then using them to say, if we want our students to be these collaborative, creative, whatever, however many C's we can name, then where are we currently at with that in our classrooms, but not only with our students, where are we at with our educators and where are we at with uh, ourselves as a team and where are we at with our tasks in our classrooms? So step one is making the vision. Step two is using the vision to help drive our learning. And from our learning, I think the next thing that I would say a leader can do to help their teams is teams are, teachers are terrible for this. We try and do everything all at once. We try and fix everything all at once and we can't, we're so busy. But what a leader can do is say, no, I know you want to fix this all at once, but just choose one thing. Just choose one thing that you're going to get started on, that you're going to learn about, and that you're going to design, implement, observe, and document in your classes. And everyone always says, well, that's too small. And a fellow called Simon Breakspear, a speaker from Australia who I, I truly love, always talks about this idea that if, it's, if it feels small, you're almost there. Go a bit smaller. And by giving teachers that license to be able to just try small things, but then connect their action to impact and share, which is the final thing leaders can do, that's to me how teachers can have impact. So it's co-create the vision, use the vision to assess our reality, and to decide what learning that we're going to do, design, implement, observe, and document, and then be able to share, but share in a really specific way which is that we are connecting our actions to impact. And I hope that we get to, and this is some of the work that we do with teams currently, we get to a point where people can feel comfortable saying, you know what, we tried this and it didn't lead to the impact that we would have hoped. Because a question I know, and you and I have spoken about this before, Will, is how many initiatives have we actually stopped? And that to me, at some point we have to say, you know what, we've tried this to fidelity. It hasn't worked. It didn't have the impact that we hoped. And by leaders giving, you know, we always tell, say that kids, you know, they need to, they, they learn through failure and, and we want teachers to take risks. This is the way that principals can really promote people taking risks is once they've designed, implement, observed and documented a strategy, if they start to connect their actions to impact and can come back and say, you know what, this didn't have the impact that we hoped, we should be celebrating that. It's almost like a trip advisor review for a hotel room that was so bad, but we don't tell anyone. By telling everyone, we actually save people time, money, effort, and a poor experience. How can we become the educational trip advisor by starting to share the impact of specific strategies, tips, tricks, and pitfalls, which is again, one of the strategy review tools we use, and then share those strategies with each other so that we can proliferate promising practices from one classroom 
to all classrooms. So that to me is how a leader can take people through um, those steps and really help their teams to move from sort of action to what I would hope would be observable impact. Mm. Okay, so for Principal Matters listeners, I want you to hold on to these four words because they're Kale's um, framework, which are design, implement, observe, and document. Um, It's that cycle of identifying where we want to go and then, as you said, co-creating a vision for what that's going to look like. And then that designing and implementing and observing and documenting is that cycle that happens with innovative work. So my follow-up to that, Kale, just as, a, as an example, you and I both do a lot of work working with schools, helping either, either educators in the classroom or, or building educators or district educators in their leadership and growth. So how are you applying these same standards in your own work because now you're educating educators. So I'm just curious what that looks like in your own work. Oh, it's uh, what a great question. And I think the, so we use a lot of tools and protocols. um, And I think one of the, the things that we can really do to help leaders and help teams is to provide them with user-friendly tools and protocols that make student and adult thinking observable. I think it's critical for teams. I think it's critical for leaders. It's to make, and, and, and I think it's critical for teachers. Uh, the, the adage for me, the secret to, to differentiation or meeting the needs of all of our learners is the faster that we make students or learner thinking observable, the faster we know what to do next. And so we use a lot of tools and protocols to do that. I think the way that, that I continuously try to get better is we openly and actively ask for feedback on those tools and protocols. And I can tell you, we've had so many people say, hey, if you just tweaked this, if you just changed this, this is too busy. And we just do it. And we give them credit for it and say, hey, thanks a lot. There's a a teacher, uh, and now she's uh, she's actually the uh, observable impact coordinator for a district in Manitoba, Ingrid Gross, who has made so many of the tools just better. And I think there's that it's that openness to being able to say, hey, definitely incomplete, possibly incorrect. And the people that we work with are actually going to make it better and trying to take the time to notice and give them voice and opportunity to to be able to make the observable impact model better has been great learning for me. And it's another way to kind of design, implement, observe, and document how people are using those things. And then I have to be able to reflect as a result on what's been my impact in terms of my actions and the impact that it's led to on leaders and teachers. So before we wrap up, Kale, I, I do want to ask you one more question based on something you've said before, um, because you've talked about, um, there's a lot of research right now in terms of like how technology, social media, um, learning in general creates dopamine moments in our own minds. And that can actually be a good thing. There's some research now that shows that we almost sometimes overwhelm ourselves with dopamine in the current age that we live in, but there are healthy um, moments of dopamine, which is why you and I like to exercise, which is why you and I, you know, why we love music, but it's also what makes learning um, something that keeps us motivated to discover the next thing. And you've asked the question, how am I creating dopamine moments in my own learning? So why is that important for a leader to be thinking about as they're leading learning? Well, I think, you know, maybe another analogy or way to look at it is, is 
really in in marathons and sprints. And um, there's the, I'm sure you've seen this, the, the coach to 5k program. And the coach to 5k program is how we get people to start to move from the coach to getting into running. And what do we usually do? We usually decide that, you know, the pants don't fit or whatever it is. So we say, you know what, I'm going for a run today. And we go for a run and we run and we run and we run and we feel great. And we keep running and running and running and we stop and we come home. And the next day we can barely get out of bed because we're sore. We're tired. We can't sit down into our vehicles. We're, we're basically lame for the next couple of days. And instead, I think what leaders um, in this, is, so back to the analogy, the, the coach to 5k program, the first thing that you do is you go for in like a hundred meter run, and then you walk for the next few minutes and that's it. And slowly, but surely you build up from there because you want to people to feel like they're making progress and it's, you know, relatively painless. And I think what we need to do for our leaders as well is we need to take some of those big giant boulders that we have in our, in our schools, student engagement, social media challenges, um, all the work that we are doing, uh, the important work with equity. We need to break that down into smaller chunks so that we as leaders can start to feel like we're making a difference. I just think that we've set educators and leaders up for failure in so many ways because we try and have them tackle these giant issues without recognizing that no one has a cape. We're not superhuman. But if we can break these things down and regularly get those little dopamine hits that say, you know what, I am making a difference as a teacher and I am making a difference as a leader. This is how, to me, we start to hang on to leaders. And the overarching premise is, is that the more that we can make it easier for leaders to connect their actions to observable impact, the impact that we can see in the classroom, the more we're gonna hang on to leaders because they do get those dopamine hits where they go, wow, I tried that strategy at our staff meeting and I just went into three classrooms and everyone was using it, okay. That's a little dopamine hit. And I think that's a way, Will, that we can really hang on to the leaders is by giving them those small moments where they can go, I am being the educational leader that I truly want to be. Well, Principal Matters listeners, the book is Navigating Leadership Drift with Cale Burke and his co-author, Michael McDowell. And Cale, what I appreciate so much about your work and Michael's work is you've taken the same concepts and frameworks that make for great classrooms, the same concepts and frameworks that make for great teacher development. And you've given leaders now a guide for how to apply that to their own work in ways that are not overwhelming, but ways that are actionable and measurable and where they can feel like at the end of the year that they've, uh, if they end up running a marathon, that they've done it by one step at a time. How can folks stay connected with you and if they want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Uh, you can head to um, berklearns.com if you want to catch up with me that way. I'm also on Twitter at at berklearns. Uh, those are kind of the, the main ways that you're going to catch up with me. Facebook, Instagram, those sorts of things as well. And uh, and certainly the, the book is available at the First Education website and, and also through, through Amazon. So those are some ways that people can uh, connect should they choose to do so learns.com b-i-r-k learns.com well kale burke thank you so much for your leadership and for your friendship and principal matters listeners 
thank you for taking time to learn this week because what you do matters. We'll talk to you again soon. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com. Check out the services link on williamdparker.com to learn more about Leadership Academies, Mastermind Offerings, and Executive Coaching. If you're planning professional development for the year ahead, or you're looking for keynote presentations from any of my books, please email me at will at williamdparker.com. Thank you for learning together today, and thanks again for doing what matters.